Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Are you ready to uncover the power within you? Are you ready to kick butt at life? Are you ready to get this party started? This is Shut Up and Grind. If it's about fitness, women's empowerment, personal development, small business marketing, relationships, Robert B. Foster is talking about it. Robert is a gym owner. He went from foreclosure to multiple six figures in 12 months helped thousands of women shed weight and inches while becoming more confident and a six times gold medalist in the transplant games of america get ready for shut up and grind here's your host robert b foster Happy Sunday. This is Rob with episode number 21 of Shut Up and Grind with your host, Robert B. Foster. So I was supposed to have a guest today, but looks like I'm rolling solo, but that's okay because I got this. I got enough energy for two people, so that works. All right, so for today, we're going to talk about staying fit, getting fit, or keeping fit during the holiday season. So the number one thing that we have to do is we have to remember that you don't have to deprive yourself to stay fit. You can enjoy the things that you love for, for the holidays. I'm just turning on the live feed in case I get any questions. I always forget to do that right when I start. All right, turning here I am. I any questions. All right, yeah, so the big thing is to just not deprive yourself because when you deprive yourself, you're going to end up binging. And you don't want to binge because then you're going to end up saying, oh, forget it. And I'll just wait till January. Like this happens every single year. I give the same speech every single year, but yet people still do it every single year. <laughs> so ma- maintenance is not difficult. So if you, if you make, make your goal to just not gain weight for the holiday season, it's very easy to do. But the average person puts on about 12 pounds, eight, let's say eight to 12 pounds. And that can be very easily avoided we're just making a few little little tweaks to your to your uh, pre-meal routines. So first and foremost is you don't ever want to go into an event or function starving. That's a recipe for disaster. You'll definitely definitely binge. So the rule of thumb that I use for myself is two clean meals and then indulge with whatever whatever you want. So if you can maintain that, it's actually, it's really not that hard. So if you maintain that, you'll have no problems throughout the holiday season, none whatsoever. So for example, today, this is Sunday, and I just had 
basically ser serpent turf with jasmine rice and green beans. And then I'm just going to have a couple smaller meals throughout the rest of, of, of today. And I'm still going to be below my calories. And I ate the meal that I wanted to eat. You know, so that's, that's the point of this. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to just go all in every single meal, like going to have a huge breakfast and then a huge lunch and then a huge dinner of all unhealthy foods. Cause then you're going to compound those calories. You're going to compound the fat intake and you're going to end up feeling your pants get tighter and tighter and tighter. So the first thing is to not go into the meal starving. Second is to make sure you're drinking a hundred ounces of water per day. It sounds like it's a lot, but it's not. That's three of these. These are 33 ounce bottles. Drink three of those per day. And people say, oh, it's so hard to drink water. And I posted a meme, I think it was a week or two ago, that pe people say that, but people can go, go to the bar and slam down alcohol like it's nothing. So it's just about staying focused. Like your body needs the water for optimal performance anyways. Like if you think about it, if you go, I think it's like three or four days without water, like you can die. <laughs> it's like your body needs water. So don't go into the meal period starving, drink hundred ounces of water and make sure you get exercise in. Even if it's only five minutes, 10 minutes, it doesn't have to be 45 minutes to an hour all the time. Cause you'll be surprised what you can do in 10 minutes. Like when I have personal training consultations, I put them through movement screens first so I can see what they can do. And I just give them a 10 minute taste of what they can expect in a session. And a lot of people are so surprised at what you can accomplish in 10 minutes. And I'm also creating a 10 minute workout guide that, that'll be out probably in February. But yeah, that's all you need. So if you can't get to the gym, that's no excuse. If you're traveling, that's no, it's no excuse either because push-ups, squats, lunges, burpees, you know, leg lifts, hip raises, bridges, all that stuff is portable because it's all within your body, with your body weight. So you got to get in that right mindset. I know people say that all the time, but I want to take it a step further beyond the mindset is you got to have the vision. Okay, you got to have the vision. Those of you who are li listening, hear this part all the way through. So by vision, I mean, you actually have to see that end result or whatever it is you're working towards, whether if it's a certain pant size, whether it's a certain performance, whatever it is, you have to see it, like fully, fully see it. And I know I said this on the last one, when I was drawing up what I wanted for my gym to look like, this was long before, maybe, maybe like a year and a half before it actually came to happen. I just sketched it down on my, my notebook, what, what I wanted. And as we were going through looking at locations, we came to the one up there in Amflex. Hi, Maureen. And we walked in and my former business partners were like, wow, this place is a dump. And I looked, walked in, I said, this is perfect. Because the layout was exactly what I had written down in my notebook a year prior. And I, we walked into that building and it just clicked. And what was it a dump? Absolutely, yes. It took a lot of work to get it to where we got it. And I got to start getting a, a, a picture of it. So when I talk about it, I can put it up on the background so you guys can see the before and after. But I had the vision. I knew what I wanted. Too many times we set goals, but we set the goals without the vision. So to just say, all right, I want to run a marathon next year. Like that's a goal. But you actually got to gotta see yourself pushing through those last few miles. You got to see yourself crossing the finish line. You got to see yourself 
holding that that medal in victory. Like you have to want that moment. And that's what's going to drive you to train. That's what's going to drive you to push yourself. That's what's going to drive you to eat better is having that vision. So the, the three steps I always say is see it. Um, yeah, see it, feel it, then go get it. Say and feel it. And again, by feeling it, we walked into that building and I didn't see all the holes in a wall. I didn't see the musty, stanky carpet. I didn't see the disgusting bathroom. I saw my end result. It's like, we can put rubber down here. We can paint over here. We, we can do the bathroom this color. We can have the office over here. We can have this on the wall. A mirror will go here. I had, had that vision. And then from the vision, we put it in, into, into play and we made it happen. And we ended up opening up a very, very beautiful facility. So with your fitness goals, it's the same thing. Whatever it is that you want to accomplish, you can accomplish it. You just have to see it. I remember two years ago, I was getting ready for a track meet. And as I'm getting ready, I got, got my bag, my shoes, have all my stuff. The kids are sitting on the couch. And I said, all right, guys, when you guys see me again, I'll be coming home with three, three gold medals. And Benjamin says, you just think you're going to win? I said, I expect to win said, I trained to win. Like I didn't train just to show up. Like if I show up and I get beat, I get beat. I can accept that, but I train to win. So when you have your fitness goals, you have to make sure that your everyday habits are getting you in the right position for you to win. Because if you don't do that, then again, it's just a goal without the vision. So if say, if it's for a wedding. Be master and- yep. Like I said, I found um, a gym. I had actually worked there many, many years before, but they had installed spa facilities. So I was able to rent rooms and give Reiki to my personal training clients as well for, as- For people that don't know, explain what Reiki is, please. Okay, so Reiki is an ancient uh, Tibetan healing technique. Uh, you don't need to be, you could do it long distance. You don't need to have your hands on the person. Hands-on is helpful at, at times, but basically um, it's a Tibetan system that was uh, that not created, discovered by a man named Dr. Usui, and I think it was 1939. And he, um, he was uh, the head of a, I guess, a Christian academy. And in a in a, a conference they had with their students, one of the students asked, you know, why don't we have more healers in the world? And that led him on something like a 21 year search. And he huh. roamed the world trying to find the methodology that Jesus used to heal uh, people. And he came across uh, Reiki and um, he went on like a, again, like a seven day or long fast up in the mountains of Tibet. And he was sent symbols to help people open their energy centers to be receptive to the Reiki Ray because it's a very high uh, frequency. And um, so that started out in Japan, but then eventually a woman named Mrs. Takata brought it to Hawaii. She attuned several people in Hawaii, then they brought it to the United States, you know, one thing after another kind of like rolled out, but that, that was like in the forties, you know? Yeah. So now it's pretty prevalent. Um, even, uh, patient advocacy groups are, you know, have nurses trained in Reiki in order to give Reiki in hospitals, you know, all over the world. So, yeah. Okay. So now you use this for weight loss. So how, how did you come up with your weight loss philosophy? Okay. So, you know, if you've done anything for 30 years, you kind of see a pattern. 
don't you think? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in that 30 years, I was really, really successful in helping women and men get off of high blood pressure medication, diabetes medication. I helped them with their hypertension and we got their muscle balance uh, back and, um, you know, coordination was on point. Their endurance improved like you guys do. But there were a certain segment of people that you would see uh, come to the gym every day religiously and nothing changed, you know, uh, and you're thinking, okay, they say they have a good diet. So I started to, um, like I said uh, before the show, I started to look for more education about metabolism because there was so many so many things flying around the magic pills and the great mm. shakes and this diet and that workout modality. And, um, you know, I knew people that had literally tried everything <laughs> and they couldn't lose an ounce, you know, yeah. and some of the people that I had helped train and lost 50, 60 pounds were gaining it back. And, you know, as a fitness professional, you're just wondering like, you know, I have 30 years of certifications and, and renewals and outside education and metabolism and behavior. And what are, what are we missing here? What is going on? You know, like <laughs> we have literally millions of ways to lose weight and we're not doing it. So what is going on? So, uh, I started giving more and more readings to my clients that, uh, and I'd ask specifically, you know, how can we, heal this person's weight gain or help them uh, transcend their, their current weight and get to a place where their healthy weight is the natural norm. And I would be consistently led, you'd think like, oh, I'd be led to the pancreas first, the stomach maybe, you know, mm. uh, adrenal glands. No, I was consistently led back into the brain mm. over and over and over again. And what I started uh, documenting and kind of like writing down were these um, electric impulses from the brain down into the body. And uh, then I started learning more and more. I did more research about emotions and the brain and uh, how we retain, how we learn and how we store emotions in the brain and how those emotions and experiences uh, actually affect the neurotransmitters that affect metabolism. Yeah. So here we all here we all are. We're trying to affect metabolism physically with, you know, our, our exercise, our workouts, our diets. But the reality is none of that will stay in a sustainable state unless we change the thought patterns that created that weight gain to begin with. So um, then after researching a bit of that, I started experimenting and doing something called I, I created a subconscious conversation with. Uh, in a therapeutic sense with my clients. And even they were stunned at uh, the fact that their body was holding on to certain emotions that created the chemical imbalance in the brain that perpetuated weight gain. Okay. So um, that's how I got to that point. Like it was, you know, just apparent and evident to me that our perception of weight gain is flawed right now. Uh, mm. we're not, we're not addressing the things that we should, nor, uh, a lot of personal trainers, a lot of fitness trainers aren't well equipped to address those things. Yep. So that's why I started working more with, uh, the mind and emotions. And then there's a piece beyond this 
that involves your soul in your physical process. And every time we deny the truth of that soul, we're actually inhibiting our ability to function properly, including our metabolism. All right. So, so what's the first step to navigating through all that? Cause like I do a lot of mindset work too. And like, I tell people that I, I I'm into personal development. Fitness is the vehicle. So like I use my structure, my, my classes and you kind of equate them to life lessons. Like if I have right. someone pushing a heavy, heavy sled and I just use it into some type of analogy for some type of struggle that they're, that they're having in their life, you know? So people have to unpack what's going on up here. So what's your process for helping people navigate through all those stored emotions? So the things that usually come up, uh, you know, and I have like a five level assessment. Uh, You know, I do the traditional Park Q health history questionnaire. I do um, an emotional questionnaire, a metabolics questionnaire, and then I do the psychic readings. And the things that usually come up, people want, to um, appear bright, shiny, normal, you know. Um, so y- those aren't the things, the things that are going well in your life, ironically, are not the things that are causing your weight gain. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you want to take a look at the things in your life that are, um, all right, so I work with a lot of people who have experienced abuse, trauma, uh, they've ex- just, or they're just very sensitive people that, uh, in normal circumstances, someone else might just toss off a, a weird comment, but they in internalize it and they yeah. make it a part of them. So those are the things you know you want to take a look at. And I'll, I've had people tell me, you know, I I've given readings to people and said, you know, m- most of your anxiety or fear in in this part of your life actually relates to an event that happened when you were 17 or 18 years old. And I feel it was abusive. It was, you know, uh, in a sexual manner and, um, and their jaws drop and they're like, Oh my God, I thought I was over that. No, see, Mm -hmm. because if you were over that, you wouldn't be afraid to talk about it right now. You know, like if there's, if they, if, if you think of a negative event in your life and there's, like attention and emotional charge with it. It means you have not healed it. You have not dealt with it. Um, and so, you know, when let's say for instance, fear is high on your subconscious mind, that's telling the limbic brain, Oh, you got to shove more cortisol out there daily. Cause there's so much fear here. So when we address that, you know, and, and part of addressing that is speaking your truth. Yes. And that that goes in any any issue that you have, emotional issue you that you have. If it's fear, anger, uh, suppression of communication, if you don't feel loved or have intimacy, your truth is vital. So even if you just start by verbalizing your truth to yourself alone, that is so empowering for your soul, for the energy of your body to function normally again. And I would say, do that, you know, find what your weak point is and then speak the truth to it um, and be open for, for answers to come. Cause you'd be surprised how, um, you know, different answers will come to you that help you resolve a craving for sugar. You know, different answers will come to you naturally 
and it'll be a natural balancing act. It won't be like, oh, I'm on the sugar diet, you know, like, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's a natural yearning to do the right thing then instead of I have to impose this, I have to change my personality, I have to change who I am. It comes from the inside when you get to the truth of it. So that's, that's hard for some people though, so. Yeah, one of my clients actually, actually messaged me earlier. Like she has an issue with eating sweets, sweets at night. And she said she's working with a, a dietitian and they're, they're working on. And I told her, I said, that's your outlet for dealing with stress. Like it's not gonna change until you change the outlet that you're assigning the stress to well and and i can tell you for every craving there's a specific set of emotions that go along with that yes. craving yep. so for your client you know she's looking for recognition maybe not at work but maybe at, in her own relationships mm -hmm. uh she may be looking for additional sources of energy because her adrenal glands are lacking you know i mean i do these readings online on my own podcast periodically yep. and people are just like you know, like blown away, but this is, this is the, I call it uh, the mind body roadmap that I have like created over the years that will help people really hone in on the thing that is preventing them from physically functioning normally. And, um, you know, so I, I think especially like people who are sugar cravers, they need a pat on the back. They need a hug. They need someone to tell them, you know what, you did a great job today, you know, and that's maybe why, She's so attracted to you because you have that for her. You know, you have mm. that ability to give her that, you know, those kudos and that support and that uh, appreciation and acknowledgement. So, um, you know, keep doing that. But then there's a part of her subconscious mind that has to reconcile herself that she's never going to get the recognition from the people that she really wants. And that that has to be OK. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Does this does this sound like that person? It does. <laughs> like, as you're talking, I'm like, I'm going to make sure she, she listens to, to that part because it's yes. like, we, we pretty much, we pretty much say the same things, you know? Yes. So like, you know, people, people would ask me, you know, why are you going to bring another, another fitness professional on, on your show? And I'm like, why wouldn't I? Number one, right, right. it's like, I never claim to know everything about everything. And so I'm in the business of helping people transform. And so and God bless you for that. That's like you. phenomenal. Yeah, because like this... a lot of a lot of trainers wouldn't do that. They're like so afraid. Like, what if I lose people? I was like, listen, if somebody's better suited to train with you than me, I'm vested in that person. Yep. Have at <laughs> right? it. Have that's at why, it. That's why I'm in this. You know, it's not just about, you know, how much money can I make? Like, if, if I can't get through to someone, but you can. You know what I mean? That's why you're here because you're bringing a different point of view. Like our destinations are exactly the same, but you have a different point of view. You have a different set set of experiences and skill sets that you can offer. So like, why, why would I not bring you on? What I want to get rid of, like, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I want to, I just want to get rid of like the competition in our field. You know, yes. there are people that are going to be perfect for a certain trainer. And then there's going to be people that are going to be perfect for a different trainer. And we have to come to grips. We have to accept that there is an overflow of abundant, uh, abundance of people, people and yes. money that need <laughs> us. Yep. They're out there. And it's, you know, like I used to, yeah, I used to get a lot of people would be like, oh, you should meet so-and-so. She has a yoga studio over there and you should meet so-and-so. And, -so. and I call and they'd be like, oh yeah, no, I already do that. Click. 
And I'm yeah. like, <laughs> all right, whatever, you know, but um, no, God bless you because I, I really do feel that this is, um, this is a time we need to support each other in yes. any way we can. And of course I'll have you on my podcast as well. Um, but I, I want to get rid of the competition a and B, um, I want people to feel empowered to ask questions, you know, like if, if you're only about you 100% of the time and you don't introduce anyone new, then it doesn't open the conversation, you know, over the past yes. few weeks. And we just talked about this. We, we are both a member of the, uh, the uh, virtual stage challenge or whatever. And yes. in the past few weeks I've had, you know, this woman I just talked about yesterday, she was on Pasha. She does, healing with humor. You know, I had another one who's a travel agent who really believes in family. These are all healing different parts of our energetic system as it unfolds. It doesn't have to mean that I always provide the answer. I can guide you. You know, yes. I can say, oh, you know what? You have financial issues. That's a root chakra problem. You probably crave a lot of carbohydrates for safety and security. Go to this person because they're going to help you with your finances. You know, there's, like I said before, there's no part of our lives we can leave out of our health and wellness picture. There's nothing, nothing yeah. can be left out. We have to include it all. And uh, I, I just, I, I, I was, I was thinking to myself, you know, this conversation today could go one of two ways, you know, but mm -hmm. thankfully you're open to everything and it works. It works out well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause again, the end goal is to help people get healthier. Like whether they train with me, whether they train with you, whether it's someone who's going to watch this and work with someone in their area, like it do doesn't matter. That's the end goal is to get yep. people healthier. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that. And I'm all for it. And I'm so with you. I, it's a hundred percent, hundred percent. Awesome. All right. So let's, let's get back to the weight gain and personality traits. Cause yes. I've said, like I've given speeches on this topic as well. I mean, not tied into psychic to psychic readings, but I know that personality trait is a direct correlation with weight gain. And a lot of it is going back to the subconscious mind. Like people don't realize that's our computer. So people upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but yeah. they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. Mm -hmm. And not realize that as things change, you have to upgrade. Like you have to see the world differently. And as you said, you got to own your truth. Mm -hmm. And people are so afraid to own their truth, but they don't realize how, how much freer they become once they do it. Yeah. So, um, I think, I think a lot of times when people, uh, have specific personality traits. You, you've heard this and I've heard this. Um, oh, that's just who I am, you know? And you're like, well, you're also 60 pounds overweight. So is that who you want to be? You know, like, like literally, is there something about who you are right now that is so precious and meaningful that it supersedes your desire to be healthy, you know? So yeah. it, you can have that conversation. You know, I, I'm a behavior specialist certification uh, by NASM. Uh, you can have that conversation, but you really have to be willing to lose control Yes. in, in favor of something better. And I, I do find that, you know, like when I do my personality assessments and emotional assessments, it's the conscientious open ones that are always eager to learn and have the best results. You know, it's uh, the entitled controlling. They don't do as well. It's, you know, and that's part of the problem 
is that they want to, and they need to on a certain level, feel like the authority in their lives. Yes. And, and that's fine. That's great uh, for most things. When yep. it comes to, like I had one woman say to me, you know, she, we had a, a conversation prior to her assessment and she said, oh yeah, I have abdominal pain periodically. In fact, it's probably every morning. And I didn't go down the road of like food allergies or anything like that. I just said, okay, let's get through the assessment. And when that question came up in the metabolic assessment, she denied it. She was like, oh, I don't have any abdominal bloat or pain. And I said, you just, you just told me that. She's like, oh, they're just asking that because of, and I said, no. That's not up, up to you to decide. When you entrust me with your care, you're, you're choosing my education, my experience over your own yes. to tell you the right path. And when you, when you deny that, you don't allow any growth. There's nothing new learned. It's you just controlling it again. And then you're going to keep, you know, keep regaining the weight you just lost. Yes. So yeah, personality has so much to do with it. And uh, you know, even empaths, you know, they don't even know how to, they'll be honest with you in an assessment, but uh, someone who's sympathetic or empathic or sensitive, uh, they don't want to bother you with their problems, you know? So that's another issue, you know, like how do you grapple with that? You know, they don't want to, you know, put their problems on you because they know how it is to have that issue impact their energy. So they don't want to put that on someone else. So you have to kind of like, literally be a mind reader to kind of you know um slash speaks on instagram at robert underscore b underscore foster on twitter at rbf underscore fitness and on facebook at robert b foster till next time shut up and grind Life on your terms. You don't yes. have to be there at nine o'clock and stay until six because I didn't want you to go home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and depending on the industry, you can most most times than not, you can still do what you do, but do it for yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, again, depending on the industry, you know, like right? You build bridges. You know, you're not going to build bridges yourself. <laughs> so no, that'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <it would. laughs> Maybe you get artsy and creative and build some kind of fancy schmancy bridge in a different way. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there's some way that we could tweak that. But <laughs> true. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So now, along those lines. So what, one of my talking points is, you know, do people have to give up on their dreams to follow just one? So now think, thinking of people who are currently in the workplace mm -hmm. and they may be burnt out from just the hours or just whatever it is, feeling undervalued. And they, they have ideas that they want to jump on, but they lack the will to actually take the leap. Like, what do you say to those people? Well, first we got to figure out what's holding them back. I mean, why is it the fear because you have responsibilities and there's financial concerns because mm. you can't just not be able to afford your mortgage or your rent or whatever you've got kids in school or you've got some kids in college or whatever it might be, or maybe you have a dog that has a broken leg that costs thousands of dollars. I don't know. <laughs> and you got to do that too, because she's one of the kids. So whatever it might be, you have to figure that piece out. Yes. And then if you have it, if it's a dream, if you 
just can imagine it, you want it, then guess what? There's a reason that you want it. And it's because you're supposed to go that way. You're supposed to, and maybe not that exact dream. Maybe it tweaks a little bit, right? Maybe you need to figure it out and do some work that direction to, to help figure and get it clear. Yes. (laughs) No, but um, so you can really see what it is. Cause if you just have like a a generalized dream, like, Oh, I just want to live on the beach and Mm. just hear the great. What do you want to do to, to make that happen? How can you have the income to make that sustainable if you get there instead of a week-long vacation? Yes. Um, you know, so there are questions that you have to ask to figure out and kind of hone in on and dig deeper and deeper and deeper to figure out what really that you want. Because the dream, if it's too broad, it's not as easy, easy to achieve it. And it, sure, it can make it scarier because if you go, I don't know, I want to fly somewhere, <laughs> which we all <laughs> at this point, but yes. <laughs> like, I just want to hear it, but this is your captain speaking so bad. <laughs> um, but, you know, if we have no idea, like, I, well, then I don't even know where the airport is. I don't know where, do I have to have a passport? Am I going to go overseas? I mean, where am I going to go? Am I just going to go like a little puddle hop, you know, what I'm going to try to say a, a puddle jumper that's a little plane because I'm only <laughs> flying an hour away? Or do mm. I need to be on a big jumbo jet? I don't know. So you have to figure those things out because otherwise, guess what? I don't know about you, Rob, but I, if I don't know where I want to go and I don't know if I can afford it and this, that, and the other, I'm not going to drive over to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Agree 100%. Like I tell people, you know, we always hear about goals and goal setting. Mm -hmm. And the goal is absolutely important. I'm not downplaying the importance of goal setting. But I tell people through through my process, I have a seven step process. Step three is casting the vision. And so before we set the goal, you got to cast a vision, you got to, I say, see it, feel it, get it. So first you have to see it though. What is it? You know, like the, the living, the living at the beach. I want to live at the beach. And then you have to feel it. Like just mm-hmm. close your eyes and actually feel yourself there. Cause, cause like one, once it hits your soul, now you can actually put together a goal with a sustainable action plan. So what clicked for me when I was driving down to the restaurant it just, I just pulled over to the side of the road. I had like a mini panic attack. Like I just knew that I don't want this anymore. I just don't. I was like, and I tell the story on every podcast I do, but it's part of my core story. So, <laughs> but I was at home. I grew up in the woods. I was back home. I had a stick in my hand and I was just doing a motivational speech to the trees <laughs> in the backyard. And, you know, my mom is up on the deck. I was 17. My mom's up on the deck and she's like, boy, the hell are you doing? <laughs> I told her, I was like, I'm motivating the masses. You know, it's like, that's, that's what I wanted to be doing. And I was able to do it somewhat because, you know, given, given sales rallies and staff meetings and management meetings and corporate meetings. So, you know, I was constantly in front of people talking, leading. I was always captain of my sports team. So I was always in that leadership position. So I already had all the tools. But it's just like, you just don't know that everything you need is already here. Right. You know, like, like you might have to go learn some stuff. Like I, I went to marketing seminars and I had a business coach for six years. I went and got formal, formal speaker, speaker training. Mm-hmm. And so like, like I went and got the other skills I needed, but everything to start was already here. 
I love that story. You know, I, I can relate to it so whole, so wholeheartedly because when I've reflected back and looked at what I did when I played, you know, when I played as a kid all the way through, like, what did I almost always do? And I thought, oh, guess what? I was always the teacher, the trainer, the one up speaking, the one as a little kid, I didn't really understand what it meant to be on some board of directors somewhere, but I was always in that kind of position. And I've done all that now, you know, so when you look back, you go, oh, I've been on this board and that board and I was president of this and that and the yeah. other and the leader of this and ran this company and started that one and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, you know, it's like I did it. But yes, we still need to have those that can hold us accountable, that can train us because you know, and I've heard it said before and I, in different places, 